Before we dive into this podcast, we want to introduce you to our sponsor, TylerMade. Established in 2008, TylerMade is a family-owned and run business built on traditional values of trust, honesty, and integrity. When you visit TylerMade's showroom, you'll experience firsthand their commitment to these values through their honest pricing with no hidden fees and service with a genuine smile. Each tile specialist is knowledgeable in all areas from features and benefits to measuring and layout, ensuring you receive the best advice and service possible. TylerMade's vision is to become one of the largest and most successful tile manufacturers of high-end quality products with a stylish and exclusive range of products distributed worldwide to both wholesale and retail markets. Their mission is to manufacture high-quality tiles and surpass expectations by offering competitive prices through an ongoing commitment to customer satisfaction and dedication to continuous improvement. We're proud to have TylerMade as our sponsor and invite you to visit their showroom in Cooparoo or check out their products online at tylermade.com.au. Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Round three's in the books with three preseason favourites in the bottom five and the Dolphins, Seagulls and Warriors in the top four. So let's pour one out for the refs favour the big team's tinfoil brigade. Joining me tonight is a man who is absolutely furious. I just mentioned every team in the top four except his Broncos. It's Wilf. I just figured you, you weren't used to looking at like 17 teams so the number one team at the top just doesn't show up. It's opposite day. I don't know what the hell is going on, but um, very interesting, uh, you know, interesting NRL ladder. Uh, but we're also joined by another preseason favourite who finds himself a little down the table. It's our defending champ, Matt. How are you, buddy? I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Probably uh, struggling a little more than the Panthers. I need a buy, I think. But um, yeah, we'll see how we bounce back this week. Don't we all need a buy? Don't we all? But no, ten fifty nine, mate. Um, you you're back up in the top twenty k, rank nineteen k. I mean, it's positive movement with the green arrows, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. We're we're bouncing around there. It's a weekend of absolute roller coasters. But yeah, we're onwards and upwards, mate. Every Tuesday is a new set of teams that we can uh, yeah come up with something good, hopefully. Yep. And in the second runner up position for the champs, Wilf, uh, ten thirty. Top 5,000, maybe about 4,400. You happy with the week? Uh, not really, obviously, because I dropped from 899 to roughly 3,500 spots. But really, it's funny because I'm looking at Matt's total points at 3,147. I'm on 3,266. So, you know, from 4.5K to 19K is uh, just a shade under 120 points. But yeah, from myself to you at 3378 total points there for yourself in sitting pretty in 663rd rank. I'm only 122 points behind you. 100, sorry, I can't even count. I'm only 112 points behind you, Joe. Come for you. Yeah, I mean, it's the difference between captaining Hopgood last week and captaining Turbo or Harry Grant, right? So, yeah, very thin margins at this time of year. Uh, yeah, had a, had a decent week with a, uh, 1082, basically thanks to all the Bulldogs I bought in. So, guys, get around it. Yeah, mate, I must say I'm on the Bulldogs train. I'm on the Bulldogs train. The entertainers, the entertainers. Um, speaking of entertaining, Wilf, uh, tell me who is the $500 champs only bonus leader? Uh, it is still yourself somehow. Oh, even though you... how, wow, how about that? 
Oh, I did notice that. Ah. You didn't? Sure. It's only written there in bold on the run sheet. <laughs> no, well done. Obviously, you are pacing all the champs right now, currently. But 663rd, look, it's early days yet. Like we pointed out, you know, even from Matt to yourself, is only 230 points, give or take. 100%. So. 100%. One bad week and I'm, yeah, massive red arrows. Uh, shout out to our leagues, uh, Champions 20 had had one, still in sixth, ranked overall, and OG Chumps only in ninth. So two leagues still going strong. Not quite the five of our seven from round one, but, you know, they, they will no doubt fight back. But look, that's enough of that. Uh, let's take a look at our news for this week. So starting off with a bit of a somber note, obviously uh, Vale John Sattler, who passed away on Monday, you know, ripe old age of 80, had been battling with dementia as well. But what can we say about an absolute legend of the game? I'm not old enough to say I watched his games live, but, you know, you look at his highlights and you can tell he was ahead of his time. You know, it's hard when you watch old footy, right, comparing it to the, the professional athletes that we have running around these days. But, yeah, in comparison to who, who he was playing against, he was just a, at a totally different level. I don't know if either of you guys have memories of him. Yeah, no memories of him playing, but from what I've seen, uh, and this goes back to, you know, when I was a young bloke and he used to play highlights, he would still make a hell of a middle forward today. And, you know, probably we can all blame Paul Vorton for the shocking overuse of the word legend in rugby league, but you called him a legend and he genuinely is. I mean, not only for playing almost every minute of a grand final with a badly broken jaw, you know, and a winning grand final, but, you know, for lots of other feats, um, yeah, just absolutely will be a treasured uh, memory for rugby league fans. I got no memories, but but I think the, the singing of the praises today just sort of shows what sort of a, a guy he was, not only just a footballer as well, I think. I think for me, like you mentioned the the broken jaw, like we obviously, we harped on about Sammy Burgess doing it and because maybe we've got t- TV cameras and stuff, we knew he'd broken his cheekbone quite early in, in the 2014 grand final. But you read the story of obviously Sattler, he, his teammates didn't even, didn't even know he'd broken his jaw. He's just come off at half time and he's gone to the bathroom and tried to put his jaw back into place. It just you read that and you just kind of think how tough, how bloody tough was he? Bit of bit of bit of medieval dentistry or whatever he was doing there. But obviously the iconic photo of him uh, on his teammate's shoulders, you know, with the bottom half of his face covered in blood, you know, from what was going on. Um, yeah, again, not just an icon and a legend for for that game, but uh, just for pretty much his whole life. And yeah, it's it, it's very sad, man. Thoughts and prayers, I guess you could say, uh, with his family. No doubt they were grieving all that. But look, we did have to pay tribute to him on the podcast since, you know, we're, we're super coach, but obviously we're based around rugby league, so we have to celebrate legends of the game like that. What's the matter? I've never seen a football here before, you wimps. Let's go. Will, plenty of popular super coach options are a bit dinged up in starting with Matt Dury, who we both have. Yeah, I think with Dury, like uh, plenty feared the worst when we saw him go down, non-contact injury. They were looking at the knee, but, you know, he's already done an ACL on that knee previously, so lots of concern there. It seems like at this stage he's been named to play, uh, not starting anymore, but, yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see if, if he actually does play on the Thursday night. But, yeah, it must not be as serious as what was initially thought, which is good news, but obviously a bit of a headache for uh, the super coaches like you and I who, who do have 
Dury in their teams. But yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. We'll come to obviously the team this later for the Eels. There are a number of other injuries, like if we'd be here all night if we went through them more in detail, but there are a couple of names to keep an eye on. So Daniel Saifidi, he did hurt his shoulder. Been named, but definitely want to monitor there. The Rabbitohs forwards are absolutely smashed. So Jai Arrow re-aggravated his injury. It seems like he's at least another week gone, but maybe longer. We're not we're not really sure. Tavita Totola hurt his knee last week. He's out for four weeks. Shaq Mitchell, unfortunately, uh, has injured his list, Frank, and he's gone for eight weeks. And I know some people traded in Shaq last week after, obviously, a really strong start to the season. So that's pretty devastating, especially if you went from, like, say, Davey Mowali over to Shaq Mitchell, thinking you'd make more cash. <laughs> yeah, unlucky. Hopefully neither of you have Shaq. It was it was very, very tempting. I ended up moving Paddy Carrigan out for Karaz, which I definitely don't regret, but the other move was to bring Shaq in. So, yeah, a bit of a luck box uh, so far in the first three weeks. Um, did you bring him in, Matt? Nah, it was painful enough for me last year bringing in Latrell Mitchell. I don't think I could do Shaq Mitchell as well, man. I only got room for one Mitchell in my team. Uh, speaking of uh, painful, Joey Manu, facial cut right on the site where he fractures cheekbone. Two plus weeks to recover. Obviously, the Roosters have got the buy though, so you'll need other options in the centre wing. Braden Williami, a lot of people looking at him out of round one, but has missed the last game with a calf injury. Not on an injury report though. Mitch Barnett hurt his neck. Uh, he's cleared at hospital. He's not named, but um, yeah, not sure the the prognosis for him there. God, we've got a lot of breaks here. Dan Levi, 8 to 10 with a broken jaw. Uh, Chotrick's done his hammy. Ruben Cotter has uh, out with the knee. I think, you know, very popular to start the year, but he's pretty much a trade out, isn't he, Wolf? Yeah, I think he's, I mean, plenty of people concern over his minutes. Obviously, last game, his minutes might have been explained by the injury, but. It was already trending down before then. And, I mean, we talked about in the preseason, as much as he's obviously a fantastic player, his game doesn't 100% translate to Supercoach because he's a, a mad, just an absolute mad defensive terrier kind of just runs around tackling anything that moves. He's not the tackle-busting, offloading type of forward, which is much more Supercoach friendly. Like, he doesn't compare to a pain Haas for that reason. So, yeah, I think Cotter definitely... I would be moving him on, especially if he's out for, I mean, they're saying two to four weeks. That's quite a broad range. So yeah, let's not have that uncertainty to deal with. A couple of other uh, concussions. So we didn't mention Hamisele. So he knocked out in like the first minute or so. That was definitely category one. So he's uh, he's already going to be missing at least the 11 days, if not longer. Jack Murchie failed his HIA, but he was a category two. But I think because again, he's failed his HIA. So he's going to be out 11 days there. Wade Egan was another Category 1 uh, concussion symptoms guy. He was, yeah, shaky straight away. So he's gone 11 days, hasn't been named this week as a result. Ponga still we don't know about. And I think Tommy Talau ended up having to have surgery on his broken nose. So that's quite interesting because normally you don't need, a, need to go under the knife for a, a broken nose, but there must have been something obstructing his airways or something like that, hence why he's gone off. So he's gone for a couple of weeks there too. Look, the big name here is Adam Dewey. He's been named and he's been named at fullback, but he's got a bruised toe. There are some concerns. He's got turf toe, which is uh, obviously a fairly innocuous sounding injury, but is actually quite significant for especially a professional athlete. The way, and then shout out to NL Physio uh, for this on the Magic Sponge podcast, he's explained it quite clearly where for athletes who push off basically and they sprint, 
you know, if you if you stand up right now and you try a sprint, you're going to be pushing off with your toes. So when you can't do that because of pain, uh, it obviously, you know, you're going to be slower off the mark and everything like that. So in a game like the NRL, where it's obviously really a game of inches all the time, uh, it's going to be a, a really difficult call because it seems like it's not serious enough to see him miss time, but it's going to impact his performance. We saw last game, Adam Dewey just didn't look like himself. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a conundrum. So no doubt we'll um, have to all decide what we're doing there. I mean, have, have either of you decided what you're planning to do with Adam Dewey? I think I've got to just hold. Uh, there's not enough options for me. I'd love to trade all four of my halves out and start again, to be honest. But look, I think we'll, I'll give him another week at fullback. The, the Tigers do not look good. So he may make more tackles at fullback than he does in the front line um, in cover defence. But yeah, I'm just holding for now. What about you, Jack? Oh, it's just a classic overreaction. You know, Tim Sheen's reflecting on another pretty pathetic performance by changing the team up. It's it's easy to play when there's no pressure and the game's gone and they, they scored a few points in a hurry and, and that's fine. But to to move what I think is your best player out of his best position to accommodate a guy, and as a Bulldogs fan, I've, I've seen enough of Brandon Wakeham. You know, disparaging the guys in the NRL and everything, but he is not the guy that you move Adam Dwayne out of out of five eight to play. So yeah, I just look they're rooted at the bottom of the table. Uh, I think they're playing the Storm this week. Let's see how that goes. But yeah, I do really worry for the Tigers attacking output, and part of why we got Dewey was because of his goal kicking. So and if they're not scoring many points, that's going to be a challenge. So uh, with a, a break even in the triple figures, he's certainly on the list. You know, I don't want to be burning trade boosts again this early uh, in the year, but um, if he's a top two issue, I have no, uh, for the team, I've got no qualms moving him on. All right. So jumping over to the judiciary uh, report this week. So it's a long list, but I'm not going to go through them all. There were 15 guilty pleas resulting in fines this week ranging from shoulder charges to contrary conduct and all manner of uh, offences, basically. Uh, I don't know, again, how much of a deterrent all of these fines are actually being for the players, but, yeah, here we are. Some of these fines need to change. Like, these guys have that much money in their ashtray, like $1,500 for a contrary con- – like, come on now. Let's actually – if we care about this, let's seriously find them. Come on, Voldemort's all about player safety, mate. So, you know, I'm sure this is a deterrent of some kind. But, um, yeah, Joey Manu cops uh, the one week with the early guilty plea. He's got the bye. He's probably out for two weeks with that uh, injury we mentioned earlier anyway uh, for a round six return. But Felice Cafusi's fought and failed, and it's four weeks, Will, for the uh, – what's Cafusi's nickname again? Finn Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. He's – I think they dropped it after he uh, had an absolute shock on the weekend on top of, you know, trying to kill a guy like illegally this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Jerome Hughes, as we speak, for the judiciary. So recording this and we'll update as we go along. But it has an impact on the team. So let's get to it. Stephen, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you and you. 
Right, Eels Panthers uh, would be an absolute blockbuster, but they're on the bottom of the table. So it's a typical Thursday night game in the NRL. Um, good news for Supercoach is that Ryan Madison's back on an edge, as predicted, although you thought he was going to be in the middle, Wilf. Unfortunately, mean, means jury to the bench. Uh, there's a utility uh, with the last name Hands I know nothing about, but he can play half, hooker and lock on the bench as well. Over the Panthers, 1-17. to Sorensen's back from his his concussion. Supercoach relevance all through the Panthers, all through the Eels as well. Matt, do you want to lead us off? With what interests you here? Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, I'm interested in most excitingly Cleary's high break even. Um, hopefully the Eels can make some tackles this week and invite Cleary to drop some cash and I can fit him in. But there's not a lot there. I'm, I'm not quite as full of Eels as you guys are. I know you at least have Dory and I think maybe Cardi Party's even floating around there somewhere. It's a good start for him on the... Uh, he holds that left edge until Sean Lane's back. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to rant because what the hell are you doing, Brad Arthur? <laughs> Look, I'm just annoyed because I get it. He's obviously trying to make changes because they're 0-3. Matto coming back. I mean, the guy's trained in the middle all preseason. He's not trained on the edge. Like I've been following the Cumberland throw. Shout out to them. Obviously, really fantastic fan resource that follows the Eels really closely. All their training reports, you know, Matto's looking great in the middle. Matto's... Killing it in the middle, like there's just zero mention of him playing on the edge, and all of a sudden, yeah, Brad Arthur decides that's the that's the tweak he needs to make once Matto's back. I don't get it. I mean, you look at the bench though. I mean, there's every chance once Dury comes on, he still might play 40, 50 minutes. Matto might shift into the middle afterwards anyway. But yeah, I I don't get it. And I think you know I was looking at Cardi potentially as a swap over. He's already had one price rise, but. It seems like he's ahead of Dury, but again, if Matter's now on the edge rotation, once Lane's back, who knows what's going to happen? So, uh, it's yeah. I'm Dury's got a negative break even. He's got another week in my team. I think he's gone after that, and I'd stay away from Cardi if you don't have him already. Yeah, the um, the Panthers obviously the poor start to the year. They are coming off the bye, which is good, but. I'm not necessarily thinking that there's a lot of guys that you'd want to target. For people who held on to cheese, you know, Sonny Luke is there as a potential downgrade as well because he's playing his third game. So if you want to keep that cash generation ball rolling, go for it. Storm Tigers, Friday night game at Amy Park. Obviously, Munster being named is the big thing. He'll be a really popular trade-in with Dewey, who's facing him, but with that triple-figure break-even. Wishart's on the bench, uh, dropping Pezzett out of the 17, and we'll see what happens with Jerome Hughes. I'm assuming that'll be a straight one-to-one swap uh, if Hughes is out. We've spoken about Dwayne at fullback, but the uh, the hits don't stop there. Wakeham at six, Staines onto the wing, no for Loomers, the scapegoat. Laurie's Laurie's in in the bench utility role. Tupu stays there, Kapoa's in centre, Bole's starting lock, Safart's in, Joffa's been dropped. It's all over the shop, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, uh, you mentioned obviously Tim Sheens and it's like he's just realised, oh, I don't like the team I picked last week and I'm just going to change it all up again. <laughs> I don't know if I like the Dewey being at fullback or not, especially with his toe injury because, you know, if you're having trouble pushing off and accelerating, like why would you then put your guy in a position where he has to run a lot more. <laughs> just makes zero sense. And what we do know of him at fullback um, was when he was a much younger player at South and his work rate just wasn't there as well. So he needs his hands on the ball. He gets that a lot more easily at 5'8". It's interesting because he actually did 
He actually, uh, surprisingly, he played fullback at the Tigers in his first season there. I didn't even remember no, this. I don't remember. 2020, he played it and he averaged 59. Wasn't goal kicking for most of the season. Uh, I think if you take the goal kicking out, he was at a 57 average. So he's not bad for Supercoach, even as a fullback playing for the Tigers. It's just, I'm, I'm more, yeah, it's the injury on top of the positional shift without any training and all of that type of stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think for me, I'm, I'm going to hold. Dewey for a week, but yeah, he's on on thin ice for sure. So I guess at some point I'm going to throw to you, Matt, instead of Wilf. Uh, the Battle of Brisbane, Dolphins, Broncos. I mean, it's prime time. Wilf's dubbing it WrestleMania. Oh, look, let's just block him out of this section, mate. You, it's you and me. It's we're we're doing this a two man uh, for the Dolphins. Lemelu's name starting left edge. There's some shenanigans there with Cabron at prop, Gilbert at lock, so we're not sure what that kind of rotation will be. But does he interest you at 354K with a break even of 35, but does have the eight in the rolling average, Matt? So there's there's a fair bit of growth there. He he doesn't interest me because I just can't buy into the Dolphins. Like they've shown me three games, but I just can't buy into their attacking stats. It's got to stop. Asako scored 81 again. How? He can't score 81 in eight games. Yeah, and let's be very clear, Wilf, you are still banned from talking. Uh, you did bring uh, Osako in almost by accident. Unbelievable. On the Broncos' side, Haas is a beast. Not quite a must-trade in, but I think he's back to his best. Reese Walsh, a lot of talk about him coming in. Very attack stat dependent. Matt, you've got him at 554K, though. Massive break even, negative break even. If you didn't have him, would you be getting him in? Yeah, as we spoke, I think you might need three fullback positions because I'm really glad I have him and I don't have Turbo yet. It's quite a safe option to bring Turbo in. I feel for people with with a fullback lineup of Turbo and Trell because trading out Trell for Reese Walsh is horribly scary. Like Trell has done nothing and and scored seventies, whereas Reese Walsh does nothing and has two points fifty five minutes into the game. Um, yes, I checked it every two minutes, but. <laughs> The, the chat during that game uh, from you, mate, was uh, it was a roller coaster. Oh, it was a, it was a roller coaster. But I think, look, they've got three or four more unbelievable matchups, and they are rolling. So, look, it's if if you're an edge of the seat type of guy, I think Reese Walsh is is definitely going to be a fun bring in. Fair enough. All right, Wolf, we'll let you talk. <laughs> look, uh, on Walsh, since we're talking about him, firstly, how hot is he? And how good does he look in Rocco's colours? No, I'm kidding. I, I've heard some people comparing to Scotty Drinkwater, which I think I can understand. He's very attacking stat dependent, but I actually think Walsh is better base. Uh, so far, base and base attack of 35 and 29 from his two games. So definitely not fantastic, but that that is higher than Drinky. Wilf, he was on two after 55 minutes. Trust me, I was watching. <laughs> I get that, but that could also be, you know, live scorers not doing their job properly, they're missing stuff and all that type of stuff. So, you know, it's it sometimes looking at the numbers after the game actually can give you a different impression. So I was watching the game too, and I was thinking, look, he's playing decent and it's more just he hasn't really been given the opportunity to do much. But he was making runs, so I was like, you know, he must be on more than whatever they've scored him at, so... Anyway, that, that aside, I just think he's a genuine option. I am one of those Turbo and Trell super coaches, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I've considered the Trell to Walsh thing. I've looked at it, tried it out a few times. It's a hot lineup when I've got Turbo and Walsh there. 
but it's hot when I've got turbo and trail too. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't decided. I just think you, you pointed out the ongoing Suncorp dream run that the Broncos have. I definitely think all Broncos attacking players definitely can be brought in as a odd move. If you want to go with any of them, they all have some merit. Like Farnworth is you know, absolutely in form. Stag showed that he can turn up when he when he gets the opportunities. Adam Reynolds is going to probably be really safe with all the kicking he gets as well as the goal kicks. Again, if we're counting on these attacking stats to keep coming. So, yeah, like Cobo, it will explode sooner rather than later. Just about, you know, that's the unpredictable part. You just don't know who's going to turn up every single week. And it's a really great point you make, Will. They've got the feel of the Roosters of a few years ago where – they would just so much talent, and but they would share the super coach points amongst them pretty much outside of Tedesco, which almost made none of them but James Tedesco an option because on any given game, they could each go large or, you know, they could get 25. And that was the kind of Joey Manu life before he kind of took the leap a couple of years ago. Another Queensland derby, Saturday 5.30 up in Townsville. We've got Griffin Neem replacing Cotter, as we mentioned, as starter. Tamu is back on the bench. Chester looked, you know, pretty involved uh, in his first start at fullback, but Drinky's not that far away. Uh, Valentine Holmes, not explosive, but just putting in solid center wing scores. But you're not really getting your value for money there. You're just hoping that he turns it around, particularly with the goal kicking. And over at the Titans, obviously, brutally hot weekend for so many games, but particularly on the coast. He only played 60 minutes, but I'm tipping that is the heat, Matt. One to kind of keep your eye on. And and, uh, Khan Pereira, uh, you know, rewarded those who held with with a pretty good game, didn't he? Yeah, well, he's fast and Will Warwick couldn't tackle a tackling bag, so I don't know whether it was a good game. But yes, he did get a good super coach score. I think for feed is interesting. I hear some people sort of um, wanting to jump off the train. He did only play 60 minutes. He still scored 49 with, I think, only one tackle bust in that. So if that's as low as Fafita is going to give you, I think if that's your biggest problem, you're you're probably looking all right with your team. Um, to me, I'm definitely holding solid with Big Dave. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, so Wilf, is it is it new contract Dave, not trying as hard, or was it just fat over hot Dave? That's the thing. Like, he's not fat. He actually looks really fit. I just think maybe Holbrook was trying to look after his star player a little bit and give him a, a break. So I'm not overreacting. It's just something to be mindful of that he didn't play 80 for the first time this season tend to think it might just be the heat and just maybe want to keep monitoring. If he does get a sub 60 minute game or whatever this week, then I might sound the alarm basically, yeah. but yeah, I'm expecting him to go back to normal. All right. So rabbits, seagulls, Saturday night, we went through all the injuries for the Rabbitohs middles. Uh, so look for feeder starts host, unfortunately for the, Cheekham owners starts on an edge, which moves Cheekham to the interchange. Manly's 1-17. to Gee, they look good. And the big surprise package for me, Wilf, is Ruben Garrick is doing it again. Even at 742k, he's a popular trade in this week. Yeah, and surprisingly, he was already in 14% of Supercoach teams before the last round. So... I think that explains why a lot of us dropped in ranks. I think, you know, as far as the maybe the serious super coaches, like he was not in very many teams from what I saw. Not many super coaches were talking about him as, you know, one of the people they had. There's a lot more chat now, basically. And I, I definitely know I've, look, I've looked at it. I'm, I've just thought, you know, maybe I can get him in. 
I think my biggest issue is that there's always been persistent chat that he will move to left center as soon as Saab is fit. And I saw a picture of Jason Saab the other day and he looks pretty fit. So I don't know how it, how his, you know, obviously his knee's going, but, you know, they originally, the preseason expectation was Saab would be back playing by round 10. So that's not too far away. If you bring in Gary, you don't want him to be left center. You want him to be on the left wing because that's obviously the go-to uh, for Turbo there. So, yeah, it's it's tough, right? If you've maybe saved a trade or two, it's probably something you could look at. But I, right now, if I'm bringing in guys, I really want guys I want to keep as much as I can for as long as I can. Yeah, and obviously, Supercoach Champions is a family podcast. We've already had Will uh, talking about uh, Reese Walsh being really hot and Jason Saab being really fit. We'll probably just leave that talk for the pre-record, mate. Um, Matt, you're talking about bringing Turbo in this week. Any other Sea Eagles catching your eye? Nah, Turbo's a definite in. Uh, Wilf, you also did throw in for feeder was looking hot too, mate. So that, that's three three strikes. Three but, strikes. Uh, yeah. Now, Turbo's a definite in. Um, quite a, a simple one. I yeah couldn't watch last Thursday night. He, like he scored that try like he was playing in the front row and he, he's so silky at the back. There's not much he can't do. I, I remember a, a pot I did at the end of last year when I had still some sort of meaning in the super coach world and, and I said I was um, Turbo was going to be my first player picked. I, I haven't held true with that, but he's coming in now and he's probably not going to leave. I think Schuster looked better than I anticipated him to look at at 5'8", but he scares me with his calf. So I think I'm going to hold one more week before the price rise, but because um, I don't need to play him this week. I don't know if any of you are going early on him. No, no need to go early. And, um, you know, for a guy that flashed in the way he did, it was actually a little bit of a disappointing score given, you know, all his try involvements. There's just not much in the way of base there where he, when he was playing kind of on an edge, he would get a lot more hit up. So he is passing a lot before the line. So, look, you've got to bring him in just because of the price, right, and the potential. Uh, but I'll definitely wait next week. And, again, recovering or coming back from the calf injury, always a higher risk of uh, reoccurrence. 11 points was his base and base attack from 59. So, yeah, that that's scary. So, look, if you're going to bank on him making cash, he's going to need to do it through his attacking stats. I just don't know if I want to be rolling that out each week or being forced to. So, for me, I'm... Um, I've also got that persistent concern over his calf. I'm just going to wait till he's got that negative break even on his third game. I'll bring him in then so it's guaranteed some some cash basically out of him. Yeah. One concern I don't have is over the mighty Bulldogs. They face the Warriors at Mount Smart. Bulldogs are 1-17. How good they look uh, for, I don't know, about 75 minutes. Or, no, 65 minutes uh, before you know they decided to... Uh, let the Tigers fans uh, back into the game. Uh, over at the Warriors, uh, CNK's back for those who held, um, and Ford's on an edge. So interestingly, Will, with Dury owners, if you want to kind of go like for like, if you don't have a lot of cash, I'm very intrigued as to whether Ford's an appealing prospect there for you. And then with Egan out, unfortunately, popular trading last week, Lussick uh, slots in as hooker. Yeah, I guess this comes back to the whole idea of well, what, how are we going to navigate the concussion protocols now? So these guys who failed a HIA, then basically next time they cop another head knock and they're out from concussion, they will miss 11, ga- uh, 11 days straight. So that's most likely only one game, but there are a couple of occasions where that's going to be two games. So I think that just means he's always going to be an increased risk. And I just don't know if I want to... Like the thing with the Warriors is like we haven't really seen them with their full strength back 
yet and we won't see him again because I just like Barnett was really good on the edge. I thought he was, yeah, one of the better players until he obviously went off hurt. So I just don't know what Webster's going to do. Like you look at the team list and you kind of think Josh Curran's really out of favour because he played New South Wales Cup this week. So, you know, is he getting a kick up the bum so that he pulls his finger out and does what he, you know, can do and, and fights his way back in the team? Or is he just, is he dust basically? Yeah, yeah I I just, I, I don't know. I just can't get around. Maybe it's just a job security issue or whatever. I just, yeah, I'm just not sold on jumping on Jackson Ford, hey? Yeah, fair enough. Toe, who's as solid as it gets, Matt? You mentioned you didn't kind of go on some of the dogs that you might otherwise have. Is is a week too late on the likes of Preston or, I mean, maybe Carraz has made a bit too much money at the price now, but any Bulldogs catching your eye? Thankfully, I, I started with Preston and, and I did bring Carraz in at the very last minute last week. He could be like the best super coach player of the next five years. That guy, his work ethic is incredible. <sighs> Say it again. Give it to me, like, a, bull, a, Bulldogs, a Bulldogs player in that position. You're beauty. He is unreal. I, like Maybe I, I, I do go off a little early with some of these things, but Jacob Carraz, I think at 644, like we paid 623 for Brian Toto and got a wax lyrical about his base of base and base attack of like 45. Carraz, what did he score last week, 65? Yes, 62 and, and, and didn't sniff an attacking stat really. And yeah, obviously Brian Toto, yesterday's man and uh, the future of New South Wales on the wing, Jacob Carraz. Knights uh, <laughs> Raiders, uh, the Sunday game uh, up at Newcastle. Safiti obviously named with the injury cloud. Kurt Manns, welcome back straight into lock. Braley and Jack Johns are back. But most importantly, Wilf, your man Marju named on the wing. Yeah, and he's replaced Dom Young of all people. So Heimel Hunt survived yet again. And <laughs> he's going crap anyway. Uh, yeah, look, I... It's hard to know what's going to go here because there's just so many moving parts, right? Like players coming in and out. The, the Knights are really banged up. Leah Thompson was has actually been really good so far this He's season. He's there on merit, right? Yeah, I think so. He's one of the – like you watch them and some of the guys aren't putting in. But, yeah, Lockie Miller, absolutely. Leah Thompson's one of the good guys last week that I thought he's ripping in. Right? <laughs> he was one of the few that actually put up a big fight. So I think obviously – Adam O'Brien's recognised that is rewarding him with a starting jersey again. I just, yeah, if Saifidi's back, if Kurt Mann's back, I just don't think he's going to get the minutes to be relevant because otherwise if, you know, he was out, Mann was still out, like 349k for Leo Thompson would have been quite interesting to look at for someone like, say... Or maybe Cohen Hess, if you had to trade out Cohen Hess, maybe. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically right? Surely no one has Cohen Hess in their team. No. But yeah, I, I think he's a, a no-go now with all these guys back. And I'll be interested to see what happens with Marju. Does he go back to the left wing? Does he play right wing? Yeah, we'll have to see. Over For the Raiders, the OG Papali'i uh, is back at prop. Zach Wolford uh, hooking a scrum with uh, Danny Levi's broken jaw. Your man Gula's uh, back to the interchange, Matt, and uh, Schiller's in for Chotry. Not sure that there's much really else to discuss for the Raiders, is there? It's, it's just they're, they're a pretty kind of unexciting team. Just wait for Hudson Young. Once he bottoms out, he will be interesting because he's going to be pretty cheap for what he can offer price-wise. Yeah, very, very true. All right, well, let's move on to the last game of the week. Dragons, Sharks, uh, Netstrata, Jubilee. The Dragons are 1-17. to 17. 
uh, except they've got Couchman uh, moving on to the interchange. No Supercoach Impact there. But Supercoach Impact, Nico Hines is named. Trindle is on uh, the interchange in 17, but we're still with that massive negative break even. I mean, do we go early on Nico, Matt? You know, we talked about Schuster's calf. Nico's got a, a lingering calf injury as well. Is this the week to move as a pod? I think as a pod, if you're... If you've got the cash sitting there, it's probably not a bad shout. They've got two easy games. The the buy scares me, sort of. So you only get him for two, and then then he's missed that one. Um, I don't have the money to do it, and I'd have to rip my team apart to do it. I was banking on Sam Walker actually meeting a break even of twenty five, but he uh, he let me down there. I think people that brought in Trindle last week are the most disappointed about this whole news. He looked good, made like 100K and is set to make more, but that's down the girdler now. Yeah, Trindle did kind of pass the eye test, looked really, really sharp there. A lot of people also on the Dragon side, Wilf, uh, Tyrell Sloan, uh, as a bit of a boom or bust option that's going to make money this week. Yeah, I'm a little bit torn on Sloan because, yeah, for the most part, he's passing the eye test. He still made a couple of those dumb defensive errors, which led to him being benched last year, but there's no Cody Ramsey this year to you know really put his position at risk. So it does seem like you don't have to be worried that he's going to get dropped, but like his base is definitely low. I mean, we, we had concerns about the hammer. I think Tyrell Sloan is more like the, the hammer from Wish or, you know, the Audi hammer <laughs> or something like that. The Audi hammer. <laughs> The base stats are lower. The attacking stats might be lower, uh, depending on how good the dragons are compared to the dolphins. But yeah, it. I mean, if you can downgrade someone to him and free up cash and just sit him on the pine, like I don't mind that. But definitely, I wouldn't go out and say, yeah, you've got to snap him up because he may not make a lot of cash. Because yeah, he he will be he'll be very depart- dependent on his attacking stats. Your team's got to be in pretty good shape, I'd imagine, Matt, to consider him a, a top two trading target. Yeah, absolutely. And now that Will's come out and said he won't get dropped, you wait next week. Jacob Little will be the starting <laughs> hooker and uh, Moses Emboy will have the one on his back. I think there's just too many good options at, at centre wing. We, we all went the, the three $200,000 cheapies and playing the starting roulette of those three is a nightmare. Will Warbrick with his 14 last week. I'm losing faith in being able to play any of them, so... Maybe do you go up from one of them to a Sloan? Is he more likely to be a play than those three? But I think there's too many good options to have four players. Like you've got Taruva there at his sort of price point, a lot safer. And then you probably want sort of more mid or premium options there than Terrell Sloan. I think you're selling Alamotti a bit short there. Like I reckon he's someone you could roll out. I mean, I, I wish I rolled him out last week instead of Warbrick, So Yeah, that, that's probably speaking speaking through my uh, click there. Like, yeah, he's the only one I haven't played yet. So we'll, we'll give him a go and he'll score 10, to be honest. I mean, there's every chance with the way that the positional changes get added through the year that, um, you know, if you look at the size of him, certainly the size of his legs, he might be a, uh, a dual centre wing front row. Uh, <laughs> because he looks the he looks the size of a of a prop there, but guys, that's the teams for the week. Uh, let's get on with the group comp. So thanks again to Tyler Maid for sponsoring this group competition. Group code is four seven three six nine eight. So if you haven't jumped in, please do that before round five. All right. So in pole position right now, we've got Nick, the coach of the Quick Men, sitting in twenty second overall. So that's a really good place to be at this point of the season. Currently in all position for our $500 cash overall prize, courtesy of Tyler Maid. 
as we've said in the past, if you are a champ as well, you'll get that bumped up to 1,000, uh, courtesy of the $500 champs only bonus that we put up too. We've also got second to fourth prizes that we've got a platinum subscription, courtesy of our friends from Rugby League Fantasy Pro. And they've also offered fifth to 10th place as uh, they, they'll get a $30 discount to use in the 2024 season, basically covers the cost of Supercoach Pro. So the Platinum subscription comes with four fantasy apps, including Supercoach Pro, Fantasy Pro, Draft Stars Pro, and Punter Pro. And there is no... I can't even say it, Joe. (laughs) Sweet ass pro. That is just... That's disrespectful. That's what that is. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, Platinum subscription valued at $90 each. And yeah, it's... Like if you've checked the stuff out before, it's seriously good stuff. (laughs) They're rolling out more and more each. Like it's it's constantly improving. Supercoach Pro in particular. I can't speak for the other packages because I haven't not been to them. I, those other games, but if it's anything close to what they're doing for Supercoach, it's yeah, it's top notch. So check out rugbyleaguefantasypro.com for more info about what is offered. And thanks again to Adrian and the team at the Rugby League Fantasy Pro for their generosity. One last one. We've got Supercoach Champion Ring that will go to the leader. Uh, that's at the end of round five so that's only two more rounds until we give that one away so that's really great if you want to pick up a nice ring for your head-to-head league or overall cash comp or whatever it is you've got supercoachchampion.com you get a promo code champ for 10 percent off matt i gave you your 2022 ring the other day did you have you had a chance to look at it a little bit more yeah mate it uh fits like a glove i um yeah took it to work where people sort of more excited about this than, than you could ever imagine. And yeah, mate, it's definitely, uh, I don't think I'll be winning after round five, but good luck to the bloke who is. So Wilf, spending a lot of time with Matt's ring is probably a great way to end the podcast. Um, shout out to all the champs. Jump onto the Patreon uh, Discord, great community that we've got there. Uh, lots of information, extra podcast, minutes breakdown, weekly individual player matchups, etc., etc. But boys, final word, I think uh, very excited for round four, Matt. I am. I am. I'll um, hit Wolf up after this for the two best looking trading options for this week and we'll see how we go. Cheers, guys. (laughs) See you.